0: Welcome to Behind the Paranormal, with Paul and Ben Eno. Is anything really going to happen to the world in 2012? If so, will it be a Dante-style journey through hell? Has such a thing already begun?
1: Hey there, and welcome to the 208th edition of Behind the Paranormal, with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those kinds of scary questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad
0: before we, well, we, we hope we'll be welcoming our guest. Uh, he No, apparently not, all right. He, uh, our guest tonight was supposed to be Steve Alton, the New York Times bestselling novelist, who's a good friend of ours and has been on the show before, but we do not seem to be able to reach him. We will continue to try to do so, and in the meantime, we will just conduct. We always have plenty of emails to answer on Open Line Show. Uh, Anyway, we do have our Paranormal Weekly Contest.
1: Alright, so much to our surprise, somebody actually got the answer to what we thought was a next-to-impossible question last week. So, Mark Morrow from Pontiac, Michigan, correctly answered, What is the name of the man in Mexico who, in February 2000, videotaped a thing in the sky that was so weird that he didn't make it public? That's kind of a vague question, but the answer was...
0: Well, the answer was uh, Amado Marquez, the name of the man, and he told another respected sky watcher that he videotaped an odd thing in the sky in uh, February 2000, but because of the bizarre nature of the sighting, he decided not to make the video public. According to Marquez's description that day, he was doing his routine sky watch on the roof of his home, and people do that in Mexico because of all the the UFO sightings uh, that have taken place there, especially around Mexico City, uh, when uh, Mr. Marquez noticed a dark object was approaching and began videotaping it. He described what he saw as a, quote, little man flying horizontally in a standing position with his legs spread. Marquez said that he never saw a parachute, wings, or anything of the kind.
1: Well, this week's question is a little more lighthearted, and maybe a little easier. So what quote from ni- a 1984 film, Ghostbusters, did my dad use in his 2006 book, Turning Home Gods, Ghosts, and Human Destiny? So if you think <laughs> you can get that, and you will win a copy of Grim Reaper, End of Days by, well, what was supposed to be our tonight, tonight's guest. And call us locally at four one seven six six twelve forty, 1240 or nationally at 800-449-1240. And if nobody gets it before the end of the show and you still think you have a shot, drop a line to me at BennettBehindTheParanormal.com.
0: Okay, well, it's not often that we have a novelist as a guest, but Steve Alton, Dr. Steve Alton, was supposed to be with us tonight. Uh, we're having trouble getting through to him. If we do, we will cut in do whatever we're doing and get on with our interview with him. Otherwise, we had scheduled an open line show, I believe, for next week, and we could do that tonight uh, and then hopefully get Steve at some point soon. But we will keep trying. Okay, so let's uh, drop what we were going to do here and uh, continue with our open line impromptu open line show tonight. Now, Ben, you know, reading this thing about Mr., um, Marquez in Mexico, that we just talked about, the guy who saw this sort of horizontal flying man uh, th- yeah. this, this is typifies the idea of the flying humanoid we often hear so much about uh, you know what strikes me about his description what strikes you about his description someone sort of standing horizontally and flying through the air uh, we 're getting into dreams here, but a lot of people, including me, report dreaming having flying dreams just in that position, standing up and kind of with the the, the arms kind of held out. Uh, but not not lying down like Superman or something, but just sort yeah. of standing up. And, and this this person, apparently, according to Mr. Marquez, had his legs open as he was flying through the air. And uh, people often report dreaming in just that way. And I thought, um, I don't know, have you ever had that experience, or have uh, heard people discuss? Well, the closest thing, well, when I was
1: in dreaming once, once I was like, oh, I can jump really high, and I was like, maybe I can fly. But then I immediately got hit by a car. So oh, like- dear.
0: Well, that wasn't good. so much for leaping tall buildings in a single bound.
1: Yeah, I thought I could jump over it, but it didn't yeah. really
0: work. Well, anyway, we should we should have a show just on flying dreams. Most people consider them very enjoyable, and uh, some experts have told me that they are therapeutic somehow, and if you've had a especially rough day, you do feel better in the morning, if you have flying dreams at night, so whatever. Well, maybe that's that's why you have flying dreams, because you have a particular... Yes, uh, to rec- help recover from the terrors of the day, Yes, yes. Yes, in my little nook at home where I work, but still it can be pretty terrifying. Those emails, I'll tell you. All right, well let's uh, before we get into some of the emails, let's um, let's look at some paranormal news of the week. This is provided by a uh, good friend um, uh, Lon Schickler, who is uh, the proprietor of uh, the Phantoms and Monsters, improm- I guess, email newsletter that you can get. Um, and uh, let's see, I don't get the web address here, but uh, we. We'll try to get that before the end of the show. But uh, Lon is going to be, I hope, a guest uh, on, on a future show very soon. And he has this amazing database of humanoid and cryptid encounters. And here's one uh, recently from Mexico. This is uh, very fresh, uh, January 15th, which is just um, a few days ago. And uh, the, this is uh, called the the mapping How would you pronounce it? Mappinguary? Mappinguary. Uh, Mappinguary, M- maybe. Uh, and I'll just read it. Uh, a July 2007 report, because it happened a few years ago, from Rio Branco, Brazil, states that a creature with one eye, like the Cyclops of Greek mythology, as well as a gaping mouth, was seen wandering in the deep jungle. The creature was tall, seven feet, and, or more, when it stood on its two legs. Then it emitted a strong, extremely disagreeable odor. What does that sound like? A dear old Bigfoot, right?
1: Oh, yeah. It's just like, wait, I trying to... Yeah.
0: Yeah, and has thick matted fur. Uh, Cavaldo Caratiana, 27, a member of the Caratiana tribe, claims to have seen a similar, a similar creature in 2003 as he was hunting in the jungle near an area that his tribe calls the Cave of the Mapengari, All right. Quote, It was coming toward the village and was making a big noise, he said in a recent interview on the tribe's reservation in the western Amazon. It stopped when it got near me, and that's when the bad smell made me dizzy and tired. That's interesting. And he claims that he fainted, and when he came to, it was gone. Hmm. Interesting. The hallucinogenic uh, cryptids here. Uh, Mr. Caratiana's father, Lucas, confirmed his son's, son's account. He said that when his son took him back to the site of the encounter, he saw a cleared pathway where the creature had departed quote, as if a boulder had rolled through and knocked down all of the trees and vines, unquote. All right. And uh, the mere mention, this is a note from Lon, uh, the mere mention of the Mapengari, the giant sloth-like monster of the Amazon, is enough to send shivers down the spines of almost all who dwell in the world's largest rainforest. The name is usually translated as, quote, the roaring animal or the fetid beast. Fetid meaning smells really bad. Though the descriptions of the Maffingari may uh, resemble the Sasquatch of North America, the comparisons stop there. Unlike its counterparts in the Northern Hemisphere, the creature is said not to flee human contact, but to aggressively hunt down the hunter, turning the tables on those who do not respect the jungle's unwritten rules and limits. (laughs) I wouldn't want to be hunted by one of those. Thank you very much. Must be be like Sinbad or something. Another comedian. Yeah. Uh, Here's another one. This is now Hawaii. Now Hawaii is a bunch of islands, obviously, and none of them, none of which are that enormous. But apparently, they have a number of wild giants. That's what this is. You want to take this one? This is awfully small. Can you see it?
1: No, I need new glasses.
0: All right. Uh, This is uh, well. This is reported from 1973. Uh, Rob Carlson had gone to the river in Whitmore Village with his friends to catch catfish. They laid traps in the river for about an hour, intending to come back in the morning to gather up the fish. As they were busy putting in their traps, they heard a blood-curdling scream. It sounded at first like a wild band screaming in the bushes right next to them. In a state of panic, the witnesses began to run. As they got to the top of the hill, running down a little trail, they came to a curve in the path. As they entered the curve, they all stopped dead in their tracks. An eight-foot-tall man was walking down the trail, heading right for them. He was naked except for a cloth around his waist. They turned and ran back to the river. river. As he stumbled down the side of the embankment, a giant woman stepped out from behind the tree. She must have been at least seven feet tall. Turning downriver, they ran until they came out of the ravine safely. Giant footprints were found at the site. All right. Well, of course, you know our, our view of cryptids very often is that these are multi-dimensional experiences that you happen to be in the right place at the right time or the wrong place at the wrong time, yeah. and world boundaries will, will overlap and whatever is possible is out there somewhere. That's kind of funny, actually. Like, I mean, kind of funny.
1: <laughs> no, no, I mean like they're just like just going about their business and they just see like a couple of giants and they're just like, oh, hey, what's up? And then well, they, they
0: didn't hang around to like have tea with them. Or
1: anything. Well, I know, but that's just like. It's like, I don't know. I think it's funny. Like, I don't know why.
0: Well, yeah. Well, it's it's
1: just kind of like ridiculous. I've been through you know
0: forty years of this stuff, and when paranormal things happen, as you know, they happen very quickly yeah it 's almost like encountering a snake mean it 's not that you 're afraid of the snake, at least not most people but you uh, th- it happens it comes out of nowhere so suddenly that you 're startled and paranormal events occur the same way you know, even in, uh, I look back all the time to that that dramatic case in Bridgeport, Connecticut, in one thousand nine hundred and seventy four even though we we knew things were going on, there was a poltergeist or four of them loose. When something when something would would jump off the floor like a table or something you'd still be very surprised it would be unexpected and there seemed to be no warning. Well, here we are. This is in Puerto de Alisa, uh, Spain, uh, reported on April fourth, nineteen ninety one. Uh, Jose Saiz, I believe it's pronounced, was traveling alone on an isolated road, and as he was rounding a curve, he saw what he had thought he thought at first was a sheet floating in the air on the side of the road. A what? A sheet. Oh, they said a sheet. I guess like a... (laughs) Yes, floating sheep in Spain. (laughs) Hey, who knows? A sheet, I guess like a bedsheet, I suppose. It now floated on the center of the road, and the witness slowed down and turned on the high beams. Suddenly he was stunned to realize that it was not a sheet, but a man-like figure. It was moving toward the witness, moving its arms very slowly as if it were Swimming was a point to this by the way okay little by little it moved off to the right and feet first it descended to the ground the now terrified witness could see that it was a tall man wearing something resembling a dark flowing tunic you know like a kind of a uh, <clears throat> dress coat that comes like maybe down to yeah halfway down to your knee or something like that uh, as the witness drove by the uh, it said he was very had a very pale face and a pointed chin As the witness drove by the figure, he looked more closely and was able to see more details. It had a long, bony, pale face, uh, somewhat resembling that of a corpse. Its whole face and body appeared to be illuminated by a dim glow, bluish-red in color. Uh, It had long, straight hair, almost white in color, and was shoulder-length. Its hands and feet were long, bony, and strong-looking. He was apparently barefooted. The humanoid was easily over two meters in height and wore something on his forehead resembling a diadem or tiara. The humanoid facial expression was that of extreme resigned sadness and fear. This scared the witness, who, as he drove by the figure, saw it bend down in an almost mechanical fashion. The witness attempted to accelerate the car, but it had inexplicably lost power. The vehicle suddenly accelerated, and the witness left the bizarre being behind. The witness had the impression that the humanoid remained on the road as if waiting for something or someone. This is really full of all kinds of interesting points. Now, take for example the idea of where we were talking about possibly dreaming. Are these people seeing other beings or human, who are dreaming in their own worlds? Because the idea of if you ever had a dream where you're kind of swimming through the air that, that's a relatively common theme in dreams. So I've heard. Not that I remember. And here's this guy sort of swimming through the air. Well, again, we don't remember a lot of our dreams, but that struck me from this. Also, the thing it strikes me, too, there's a dim glow around this person, uh, bluish, reddish in color. Now, when I've seen entities during cases, or sometimes uh, unexpectedly, they very often have this bluish, reddish color, which I interpret as um, the plasma boundaries of worlds, And that's how you would see them. I was once asked, I was on um, the Travel Channel, doing some taping for the Travel Channel some years ago. And it was the Curses of New England show, and also they turned that, and also uh, uh, Mysteries of Haunted New England. And they asked about a ghost in Newport, Rhode Island here, who had been killed in a fire and was seen, actually appeared to her, I believe it was her former husband or someone who had started the fire, as literally a fl- in a flaming, like a ring. You know, there were flames around her. Yeah. And I often thought, well, that's very common in multiverse experiences. You're, you're looking at someone who's across the boundary of, a, of one of the multiple worlds, and it's a plasma boundary based on electromagnetics. So wait, was she asleep? Who? The woman who saw this. I don't know. These people were, were wide awake. Oh. Oh, yeah. So th- this is the thing. So th- this is what strikes me about this one. And, of course, the uh, not really quite human-looking face, yeah. that's another thing that's very interesting, possibly another species, one of our neighbors in the multiverse here. So this is what kind of um, uh, struck me with this one. And the vehicle losing power, electromagnetic pulse, Yeah. kind of thing on a, on a small, uh, small scale. So, again, possibly a, a multiverse experience here. Now, here is uh, Lon's comment on this case. Uh, for those who believe in non-terrestrial or multi-dimensional entities like myself, whether well, it means he's one of them or that he believes in it, I don't have to razz him about that, uh, this may be an example of the phenomenon, exactly. I was confronted with a similar being several years ago, and had the sense that it was not of human or animal origin. Okay. Now the next, I'm going to hold off on the next one. I just want to remind everyone you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Ina. We're doing an impromptu show because our planned guest, Steve Alton, does not seem to be reachable this evening. I hope he's okay. Uh, we will reschedule him. Steve Alton, the New York Times best-selling author. Uh, we were going to talk about his new book, Grim Reaper, 2012, uh, End of Days. And I'm, I'm putting a question mark in the back of that for the the show. But it's an awfully good book, and I'm enjoying it very much myself now, and we'll try to get him back very soon. I know he was looking forward to being on with us. So, again, uh, techn- technological problems being what they are, we're doing an impromptu show tonight, doing some cases, and are looking at some emails as well soon. Uh, and I'd like to encourage you to call in. This is a great time to do it. Uh, locally in uh, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, 401-766-1240, or nationally, So give us a call if you have any stories of your own or want to comment on anything you hear us talking about tonight. Now, before we get to the emails, I wanted to do one more uh, case here that the Lon uh, Schickler has, has given to us. Uh, Lon being the uh, um, amazing fellow who gets the databases together of all these uh, terrific humanoid and uh, other cases that are quite interesting. Now, this occurred uh, supposedly in Jay, Florida, on June, in June 1986, late at night. Uh, the main And this, this is going to be interesting, I think, for you, Ben. The okay. main witness was sleeping with her young daughter who was suffering from an inoperable cancerous brain tumor in her bedroom when she suddenly awoke to see three cloaked beings that were standing at the foot of their bed. They were apparently communicating with each other but not with the witness. When the witness attempted to reach over and touch her daughter, she realized that she was unable to move. All she could do was to move her eyes. The beings then came over to the side of her bed and, and a very peaceful feeling came over her. The being that was directly opposite to the witness' right shoulder bent over and touched her daughter and everything went quiet and the witness' memory ended at this point. The next day, her daughter experienced a massive nosebleed. She apparently expelled a very large blood clot from the nose, almost gagging her. A few months later, the witness took her daughter for a new CAT scan soon she was uh, surprised to learn that her daughter's tumor was completely gone, apparently removed by a laser. According to her doctor, uh, and the, the daughter was now cancer-free. Now, who does that remind you of? Kind of our friends, well, yeah, in a way. I was immediately struck by the similarity to a, a species that Ben and I uh, have run into uh, recently i 've run into them for years, and they seem to be our neighbors in the multiverse and a parallel reality who are very aware of the presence of their neighbors, as it were, including us and they seem like an awfully gentle, very tall humanoid race. this sounds crazy, but when you run into them, you like them very much yourself. Uh, they do seem to wear cloaked garments uh, Ben calls them the clerics right? because they have helped us on uh,
1: because they look like priests like really tall bald priests,
0: yeah, they do they don 't seem to have any any bodily hair, and uh, they, they just we uh, have one in particular who helped us so we were doing preliminary filming for our proposed uh, television show in Connecticut recently, and uh, one of them helped us literally move some portals out of a house so these people could sort of have a little more peace and quiet so it 's a long story, pretty incredible, but we know these these guys, and this reminded me. Of the kind of good people that they are. This kind of thing. So maybe it was them. I don't know. Now here's uh, Lon's comment. Uh, This is a somewhat common experience. I I hope so. I mean, it's a great thing to have happen. In the past, I have received three private narratives, two proven with medical evidence, where the witness had been cured of terminal ailments and the physicians had no explanation for the sudden turnaround. So, there we go. Uh, we got some uh, friends out there as well as enemies, certainly. Okay, why don't we... um, Take a commercial break, and we're right back with some emails. Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Be right back, WOON 1240 AM, ONWorldwide.com. Stay with us. O-N Radio, O-N Worldwide. Hi, this is The Moose Man. Join me and my co-host, The Beatle Man. Every Thursday night from 6 to 7 p.m., The Groove Line, a variety of 60s on up, and our weekly segment of The Beatles. That's The groove Blind, Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. on ON Radio. ON Radio! ON Worldwide! Hi, I'm Greg Bell, the host of When Radio Was.
1: Hi, Mighty Bill. Is that you under that
0: blindfold? Ew. With this thing on, I can't see who I am. No, I imagine not. Can't you see anything at all under that blindfold? On a clear day, I can see the blindfold. You
1: can. When Radio Was, shows from the past for today's imaginations.
0: When Radio Was airs Monday through Friday right here on ON 1240 Radio at 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Okay, we are back behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on onworldwide.com and W-O-O-N 1240 a.m. in New England's beautiful Blackstone Valley. We'll take some emails now. We do invite you to call in tonight. It's a great night to do so. Our guest, uh, apparently there was a problem and was not able to join us, so 766-1240 in the local area and nationally 800-449-1240. Now here's one from Pat Lee in Philadelphia.
1: Okay, so Pat says to us, Many Christians use John uh, chapter 6 Chapter Three, Verse sixteen, as a way to be saved if that if you 're not born again you will not go to heaven, what is your answer for
0: them? okay, this might have been someone who heard either this show or oh sorry
1: a... what what is an answer for them what is
0: an answer for them yeah,
1: that, that well, I don 't really understand context.
0: this question uh, john three sixteen of course is is the uh, probably one of the most popular passages that are used by uh, m- many Christians, and or really all, which is, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and you believe in him, and you'd be saved, or that's essentially what the message is, and um, especially for those of the Calvinist uh, persuasion, who believe that works don't do you any good, it all has to be faith, and that it's... it's now, we're direct descendants of John Calvin's sister, but I still don't necessarily understand what he was getting at, yeah. uh, except to uh, sort of be reactionary against the abuses of the Roman church at the time. Anyway, we're not going to get into that in the show. But uh, I don't really, I think what uh, we're being is maybe a little bit challenged here by someone who was a believer and maybe doesn't quite agree with everything that we say. And people, I often get blamed, having spent 12 years in the seminary, I often get Blame for not agreeing with other people's religious points of view. And uh, other people sometimes agree with me, other people are horrified that I don't follow the Roman Catholic line, or this line, or that line. Well, I don't follow any line. I don't think God does either, frankly. And I, So, I, I, Pat, I, I don't know quite what you're getting at here. My answer for anyone, Christian or otherwise, is just there's nothing wrong with a simple, honest faith. Be silent, and God will teach you. I think we. This is ironic coming from a talk show host, but we talk too much. There are too many words in our lives. Let it go. Just be. It's all about each other, because in the end, all we have is God and each other, and we might find one in the other, and the other in the one. So, I would just say, I don't know. <laughs> sure, I mean, if you you use what encourages your faith, and you use what strengthens you. Um, one size, however, I don't think, one size does not fit all. And I don't think Jesus ever meant to say that it did. Now, perhaps we can get into that in some depth if somebody wants to call about it. But uh, as it is, uh, and that is, I'm always into translations. Uh, John 3.16 is pretty well translated from the Greek in most of the translations I've seen. But in any case, uh, that's, that's, I'm just answering the question as best I can. Now Here's a longer one. Oh, wonderful! Actually, uh, no. We uh, this is from Tammy in Porterville, California. <clears throat> and I believe that on a previous show we have done the first uh, paragraph. So, Ben, if you wanted, to, uh, uh, should we start with the first one again? Maybe people didn't hear it. I don't even remember. So, yeah, sure. All right, let's start with the first one again. She has uh, issues in her home and wanted some some suggestions and some answers. Okay, so hello,
1: I just wanted to tell you about the spirits we have in our home we are not sure exactly how many there are in our house but we know of two for sure one is an older woman but from about uh, the late 1800s i have seen her standing by my bed watching watching us a couple of times the first time i saw her i woke feeling like i was being watched and when i turned over towards the wall there stood an older woman with salt and pepper hair more uh, she uh, more salt than pepper so uh, she was yeah, wearing... That's what a- I'm getting to. Yeah. <laughs> she was wearing a long dress with a high collar and long sleeves. She also had a look like several brilliant colored feather bows uh, hanging from her neck. Uh, she just stood and looked at me with a stern look on her face. Uh, she had mean eyes and a very thin mouth, which made her look very mean. I saw her many times. Uh, I saw her other other times when i was ill and she was standing on the sa- in the same place beside my bed the weird thing is that every time we take pictures in the room the far corner to the east where i have seen the woman always looks kind of blurry or fuzzy the clock is on on the wa- uh, the clock on the wall is not seen and we ha- all that uh, we have seen a dark mist floating across the room as well, and it always starts and, and stops at that part of the wall.
0: All right. Uh, let me just... <coughs> okay, now, first of all, we have, and I'm going to give you an example of what I'm talking about here, but first of all, we have uh, the usual assumptions here. You have a woman in the dress not of today, in this case, it looks like she's from the 1800s. Uh, maybe she's transparent or is just sort of standing there, shouldn't be there. We assume spirit of the dead. Well, if this is a spirit, which means a disembodied entity or, or, or an energy without a physical body, why, is it, why do we see it wearing clothes? Why is it wearing these boas around her neck? Well, uh, why? Why is the you know th- this and that? It's, this is what started me wondering if, if these explanations, these spiritualist explanations, were good enough. And from day one, I came to the conclusion they were not. Why uh, do we see ghosts of objects, buildings? We did a whole show just a couple of weeks ago on on ghost places. Actually, last week on ghost places, whole towns that apparently were themselves. Uh, quote-unquote ghosts. So again, I think this whole idea about spirits of the dead is not good enough. I think what is happening here, uh, Tammy, is that you are seeing a, a person who is sharing the same space with you in a parallel reality just as physical as you are and of course there are many many degrees of because matter is really nothing but another form of energy and there are many degrees of this but I don't think you're seeing someone who necessarily died in the, it might be someone from the future let me give you an example of what I'm talking about in I believe it was 2003 uh, mom and I were invited we, my wife and I were invited over to Prudence Island in Narragansett Bay we live in Rhode Island here and uh a great deal of Rhode Island is underwater, and that's Narragansett Bay, beautiful bay, and wonderful resource for our state. And uh, in the bay are a number of islands, and Prudence Island is big enough to have people on it, and we were invited over there to, I was supposed to give a talk uh, on the paranormal, and I think the entire island population showed up, I think there must have been a hundred people there, and uh, in the community center. And we had a wonderful time. As a matter of fact, they t- we were late, getting to the ferry, and they said it was the first time in 30 years they'd held the Prudence Island Ferry, and uh, that's within our listening area, so hello to anyone on Prudence Island who's listening. We gave the the talk, and then there was a house on the same property. It was an old farm, and this was an old farmhouse, the place now owned by the town. And we, uh, they said, we would like to get your impression of what's going on in this house. They didn't tell me anything, which is what I always uh, require. I went in, and I immediately could feel a woman standing beside this fireplace, an uh, older woman uh, kind of just going about her daily business. And then upstairs, in a very interesting room, there was, I could feel very, very strongly, a man, very, very negative, uh, drugs, you name it, this kind of thing. And this, this was the son of the woman whom I felt downstairs. Everybody says, gee, Paul, you're quite the medium or psychic. Well, baloney, I, I'm not doing anything like that. What I'm doing is simply being aware of other worlds that are around us all the time, and this is what I felt. Well, sure enough, they said that a, a woman and her son had lived in this house um, some years before, of course, and the woman was, um, you know, for that had been their kitchen where the fireplace was, and she was frequently down there working on meals or whatever, and that the man... Uh, her son had lived upstairs and had all sorts of personal problems, drug problems, and this sort of thing. But that he was still alive and was in jail. And I said, aha, perfect example of what we're talking about. You can feel and see these people, cause that's what they are. They're not ghosts. The woman had passed away in our reality. But this guy was still there. So in a sense, you're having the ghost of a living person. So he didn't what, did feel he, what did
1: he do to get thrown in jail?
0: Well, oh, with drug problems, and uh, there had been uh, robbery, oh. and everything. I don't know all. I remember all the details. Was some years ago, but he was. Not the right. point being that he was had not uh, shuffled off this mortal coil. He was, uh, you know, he was uh, still around and in our world and perfectly kind. I felt him in there as if as just. The same way that I would a quote-unquote ghost. So again, these things are simpler and yet more complicated than you think. So I think you're just dealing with someone. If she looks mean, well, she may or may not be aware of you. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. So uh, why don't we continue with the next section here, if you would. Great.
1: Okay, uh, the other spirit in our house is a little girl. We see her often when we first moved here in... Uh, moved in, and in fact, a couple of days after we moved in, I saw her reflection in the TV screen walking behind me, and thought she was my daughter, but found out that my daughter was sound asleep. She has played ball in the hallway with my grandson. I have watched him roll the ball down down the hall, and stopped, and rolled back to him. He also played hide-and-seek with her, but those things haven't happened in a while. We have heard someone calling our names, but no one is in the house, or no one who is in, in the house has called our name. In 14, uh, my 14-year-old son came and asked me what I wanted a few days ago, because he said he heard me calling his name, but I told him I didn't, or I hadn't. And we, we hear the cabinet under the bathroom, uh, the bathroom sink open and slam shut, at all hours of, night, of the night, when no one is there and the hangers in our closet bedroom move as though someone is moving them. And that's the end of this.
0: Just the, okay. Um, paragraph. Uh, just the, my main comment on that would be something that I've said before. And that's that there are a, a sort of collateral phenomena one might associate with uh, an area where the worlds are blending or this sort of thing is happening. And many people say, oh, gee, well, my keys are missing. The ghost must have taken it. Or I was walking down the hall and the picture fell off the wall, the ghost threw the picture off the wall. Well, the analogy I often use is when you walk into your house and and run down the hallway very quickly, you're stirring up air that can knock papers off desks and can uh, maybe uh, do this or that, create things that you had no intention of creating. So it isn't necessarily the ghost moving the coat hangers. It's simply the energies uh, that are present when worlds blend. That, that, that I think can do this. Now, again, I, I'm not sure, I haven't been to this case, I don't know, but that that's my first hunch on this.
1: Okay, so she continues to say, Sometimes when I'm laying in bed, I will hear someone walk into my room when no one is there, and... Or I'll look up and there's no one there. And th- this happens quite often, and we also feel someone is touching us when no one is there. When we first realized there was something here... Uh, a friend of mine, against my better judgment, did what she called a cleansing with sage bundles. Well, what she said would cleanse the house of spirits only seemed to make matters worse. She... Uh, we would jump and react to each other, and every s- sound or sight or smell, and I got a bit... And it got a bit worse each time, uh, to where... We were being physically scratched and shoved. We decided that we needed to stop giving recognition to whatever was here, and when we stopped speaking about them and trying to get them in pictures, things calmed down a lot. We still have the occasional bump in the closet or bathroom, or bathroom cabinet slamming, and we hear our names being called, but nothing like before. Is there something else we c- we can do, or? uh Should Or something we can do or should do To stop the problem completely We can't afford to move As I am disabled And money is very tight But we still need peace of mind And peace and quiet yeah, I also would like to know If it is possible to um, I can't read that word Because the staple's right there <laughs> Possible to have spirits follow A, a person from place to place uh, We have had Some paranormal act- activities In every Place we have lived I believe if it is possible That we were even followed To Northern Ireland by Whatever we have dealt with All this time I can tell you about those times if you'd like to read about them. And
0: it says, thank you for your time, Tammy T. Interesting. All right, well, one thing that's interesting is that they use sage, which is a common uh, herb that is burned uh, in uh, many Native American ceremonies, or a lot of people who use them anyway, just to sort of purify the air in a house. Uh, we use it at our house, uh, especially during meditation, and it generally has a very positive effect. But did this... Well...
1: Sometimes, no. It depends on the person who's using it. People just think, oh, it's like a it's thing you burn and stuff, and it does these things. You really have to, like, understand the power of what you're doing. I mean, you can't just burn it and be like, oh, yep, things are going to happen. I mean, you have to... It's It doesn't do the right things with certain people.
0: Really? Well, you know more about it than I do. Go ahead and talk about
1: it. Well, I don't know. From things I've seen, like... TV shows and stuff where they burn sage, and they're like, oh yeah, sage, and then they mix, like, 50 different religions together, and then, like, they get, like, this massive thing that's like, well, it's a mixture of this, 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 and this, and that just completely ruins the whole effect of sage. So it depends on your belief system? Well, no, it depends on the person who's using it. Okay.
0: Like... What in the person determines how they're using it? If they know what they're doing. Okay.
1: I mean, if someone just gave you, like, a leaf or something, where, like, here, this whole, this is holy, burn it in a house, and it'll make it uh, awesome, and then you're like, oh, okay, but if you don't do any research into the background of it, like, what it does, where it came from, like, the people who grow it or whatever, then it, you, it just doesn't do, like, what it's supposed to do. Or okay. it could be a knockoff. Uh, what do you mean a knockoff? Oh yeah, there's knockoffs and stuff. where they put like er- they put like pesticides on it and all oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That also has a lot to do with it yeah. because sage only grows in f- like four places. And I remember this from when I went to Navajo's reservation. It grows on like these four mountains around it, and it only it, that's where the real stuff is. It grows there. Like it has a different texture, a different smell on
0: the reservation.
1: Yeah, yeah. It has a di- if it comes from that, it has a different smell. And but if it's grown out in the middle of like nowhere by a bunch of people who are like oh yeah this is gonna make us so much money because we can just say it's authentic yeah but to make it grow faster they put like they put all they put different kinds of pesticides and they Ooh. use like um uh, what's the word um fertilizers not fertilizers uh blah, 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 blah. I can't remember the word hormones oh jeez yeah, yeah okay. it's, okay, it's I see what you mean that disables the effects of it too wow. It's yeah. They...
0: Well, that plus the idea that we've talked about this before. When we when you're talking about holy water or crosses or anything like this,
1: it's like the same. It's the same thing. I mean, if you yeah, don't really it, believe you in it, you, then... you
0: infuse kind of your own power into it. It has power by nature of what it is. But you, but you, it's like working with God in theology. It's called synergy. You uh, you, you you kind of work with god you know there's an old saying well we are god's hands on earth and when that comes to the idea of synergy you work wi- with god he's not going to do everything for you 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 or vice versa you work with it so same thing with these tools i suppose
1: yeah you're supposed to work with it not just say okay you just go do do your thing and then we're done yeah it's you just can't do that
0: well another interesting point in this in, in uh, this letter here is is that the idea of recognition. And it's funny, that's exactly the words that the Warrens used to use. And they were right, that the more recognition an entity will receive or a phenomenon will receive, sometimes the stronger it gets because it's feeding off you, I suppose, in a way that the the tool does that we were just talking about. So uh, when we are asking for... uh, Who's the letter? Is that Tammy's? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That... uh, I think it's a good idea, and you ask what to do about this. It's a good idea that you go on with your daily lives. Uh, I'm a little concerned that you've um, you've got... You're kind of, uh, I suppose, in a situation where you have to stay at home a lot. I see a lot of cases where people are... Stuck at home. Stuck at home. Uh, even cases around here in the uh, Blackstone Valley that, that I handled years ago. Uh, perhaps if someone is invalid, homebound. And of course, you can't help that, but it can if there's a situation and you are connecting with it. It can feed the situation that, you, that you're there all the time. So I would encourage you and your family, Tammy, to uh, develop as many outside interests as you can, and at the same time, uh, the universal answer to almost every problem is sleep and love. Okay. Love. Come together. Uh, develop your common interests in the family. Play some board games. Read a joke book. As I often say, I got rid of the just, worst poltergeist.
1: Just don't play Monopoly, because then you'll get frustrated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the, worst, the worst poltergeist I ever ran into was 1978. We got rid of it using a joke book. Develop that unity. Laughter is important. Faith, love. Uh, just develop these things. They're there in your family. Bring them out. Uh, talk about stuff. You know. But uh, I think your idea of not giving recognition to this entity or whatever it is is a good idea. One thing that did make me a little bit nervous was your reference to uh, Scratching. scratches on the body, and we have run into that in parasite cases. As a matter of fact, uh, the shaman with whom Ben works regularly is um, uh, a friend of mine as well, and was present on a case that I had worked with for ten years, and all I could get the thing to do was to go to sleep for a while. This is a parasite, parasitical entity, I'm referring to, and this, that, and the other thing. But this guy, one night, goes out, does battle with it. He had scars all over his body.
1: Oh, it's still around, by the way.
0: Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because it, uh, it's attached to the land. I think that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just, but, I just didn't know if you knew. No, no, yeah, we talked oh, about that. Yeah, okay. So it's not like he, you know, completely knocked into the next universe. Well, you can't. Universe. You, well, you can, but Well, you can't. can, but it's, you know, these things, um, there's no way to re- a lot of people want us to come in and fix it. Well, it's not that easy. These things uh, very often are attached to the place simply because of the energies that are there and there are high-tension wires running not far from the property. I always notice that. Yeah. So in any case, but they have a good man there now who can uh, keep it in check and uh, maybe put it to sleep for a while and may, you may not be able to get rid of it. But I think, uh, again, Tammy, just keep it positive, keep united with your family, keep your attention elsewhere, and I think you're going to be uh, having a better, uh, a better time with this entity and maybe it won't be bothering you so much. Okay, now we have, um, apparently we have quite a few listeners in Mexico, and this is from Caleb Caleb Tavar in Monterey. He's written to us several times uh, privately, and he's uh, become a fan of the show, and he's uh, reporting a few interesting things uh, going on down here.
1: Okay, uh, Caleb writes, Okay, it's, hey, you know, it's, it's Caleb Tavar again, the guy, the guy from Monterey, Mexico. Maybe this mail will sound weird, but...
0: That's all we get yeah. in a day in
1: and day out yeah, around this no. place. I like, like, right? I've been listening to your recent and past podcasts. About a few days ago, I got one called the Psychic Knight, and there's one guy who asks something about how to get a how to get rid of ghosts or parasites or well something like that. It doesn't matter too much uh, the question, but the answer it really hit me. Maybe. It was the right time and the right moment to hear that. Love, humor. So I... in, in like we ter- just
0: said to yeah. Tammy.
1: Yeah. yeah, basically. So he's like... He's like, so I have instructed myself to be happy and care about your neighbors. And what I really loved was this biblical verse, love your neighbor because he is yourself. Uh, double wow.
0: I just uh, did a big... Uh- Greek uh, translation thing, c- discussion with somebody by email on that. So what's up? Okay,
1: so, amazing phrase came in the right moment, and I've been kind of sharing it with my close friends, and we need to hear and express good good things on these days. <clears throat> As you know, my country, and especially the city where I live, it's really ...in deep trouble with drug-related violence and some other really nasty stuff. And my people are frightened. So you can almost cut with a knife... uh, ...you can almost cut the tension with a knife and the negativity in the air. Uh, I myself and strong... I try to be as strong and faithful as I can be. So after witnessing nasty stuff, like right next to me, it's frightening also... Uh, I do not want to think about The feast the parasites are having right now With this uh, pre- Premier bad energy yeah. Buffet
0: He's really uh, yeah.
1: nailed He's like, I'd, I'd like to thank both of you for sharing what you know And deliver these sample words And that we already know But most of us don't use them Okay Don't fear that That doesn't mean that I'm going to do A cult to the Enos <laughs> <laughs> Alright So, let me explain to you a little bit why I'm so excited about this rediscovery. I grew up on a very religious home. My dad is a Protestant uh, pastor. My mom's dad was also a church leader. My brother has a degree in theology, and my sister, too. But, in some way, I find the doctrine quite complicated and old in the same way. I've tried many things... Some of them, uh, some of the negative stuff, but still no one could give something clear about what to do when feeling sad or in trouble or e- even better how to avoid them. And on this uh, less ordeal of the things that I like, in a moment that I realized uh, that I really needed to hear something cool, a guy from a tiny place in... The USA to say it's simple So Yeah Awesome sauce Yeah Okay um, Now my daily goal Is to wake up with a big smile And keep it for The whole day And share a nice caring word Or a smile With the people around me I've been doing it for quite A few days And I'm feeling pretty good Basically is what he's saying Great And as a plus Let me tell you something very personal Um, Me and my boyfriend live together Okay and, uh, why do you put these staples here? Okay, hey, so... keep
0: it happy. You put them right over the words, and they can't be thoughts. I just can't read it. The staples cannot conquer you.
1: Uh, now I can't read some of the words. Okay, um, he is a person that tends to be negative and depressed. Yeah, not nice stuff, and he is quite stubborn and kind of closed-minded about solutions. Sometimes this not-not good episodes last for weeks. I... Do have hard times trying to maintain the uh, ambience at home some way in some way to clean the bad energy, but he is a mass producer of it, and the episodes happen. Even
0: <clears throat>
1: we even had cases of what I called haunted couches by some way we found an entity attached to this furniture. That's weird. Um, we we bought them the previous occupants from my actual house. And we had uh, very hard seasons on on that and the par- and this parasite. We uh, was feasting on our troubles, and maybe as you say, pressing buttons for food. And we got rid of the couches, and finally peace grew stronger. Mm. Uh, we are going through one of those negative seasons again, but I now find it easier with the understanding that I have the tools to work with. And I wrote a lot. So I, I could write a lot more also about my personal experiences. Since I was a kid, maybe nothing new for you. Um, but one of these days, I'll try to write how the paranormal flows in our culture. It's way too interesting, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for taking the time to read this letter. Congratulations again for the amazing show you have and for sharing your thoughts and findings with the rest of us. Peace and my prayers to you guys. Caitlin.
0: Well, thank you, Caleb. Obviously, you are a very wonderful fellow and a very courageous one, too. Uh, we hear on the news every night what is happening in your country, and we, we are deeply concerned and prayerful about it. And we, um, we really think that things will get better. Uh, they, they have to, because of, uh, if, if there are as many people in Mexico like you, uh, then, then you can't, uh, help but come out of this stronger and, and better, and the um, uh, personal life, well, we all have stresses in our personal lives, and uh, I, I just appreciate your words, and uh, yeah, you, you do, that, that's it, uh, as John Lennon said, love is all you need, Those are the t- that's the tool, that's the main tool, and uh, you seem to have it, you've gotten the message, and, and we're, we're very. We're, we're proud of you, and please stay in touch with us at any point. That you'd like to. Now, certainly, I wanted to comment on this idea of. We're kind of coming coming down to the end of the hour here, but um, haunted furniture, as it were. It's funny. This this came up on the uh, the Travel Channel show, "Curses of New England," and we they had me commenting on uh, Belcourt Castle, which is a lovely little mansion in, not so little, in Newport, Rhode Island here. And uh, they have a haunted suit of armor and the this and that and the other thing. Well, how does this happen? Well, you know, the things that we love, uh, the people we know, the things that we know, are all part of a, uh, sort of picture it as a, a vinyl LP, sort of spreading out across the multiverse. And this this is sort of a consciousness wave. Uh, and the things in this vinyl LP are, that are bumps are the things that you know, the, the things that you own here and there, and uh, very often I've had people say, "Well, gee, you know, we never had any problem in our house until we moved this couch or moved this table." That's how it started at the house we were talking about with the the parasite that you, the the battle took place with. You know, oh, that yeah, that's what what originally happened. They moved the table and it somehow stimulated something. Well, this table. Was part of someone, is part of someone's consciousness wave who may not, may or may not be in our world anymore. And uh, everything is connected. And uh, it's like, I suppose, pulling out a, at times, if the circumstances are right, pulling out a card, playing card from a, House of playing cards that they build, or something like this, and it can destabilize things. So, sure, uh, Caleb, you might very well have had uh, haunted couches, as it were, things that were negative stuff occurred. Uh, Mom and I been were at one of the uh, antique shops in Putnam, Connecticut, not far from here. Wonderful, wonderful town, great people, and wonderful antique shops and flea markets. And we went in there, and there was just there was a small room with some some somebody's estate, I guess, had been in there with some furniture, and we just. There, we both froze. There was a real negativity uh, attached to one particular chair. So so these things do happen, whether someone, um, uh, crime was committed there or something really negative happened, or someone who was really negative and uh, preyed upon others, you know, who used to sit in that chair all the time. Who knows? But that apparently was one of the issues that... Uh, it's like a trap chair. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, whoever buys it might have some problems, but uh, Mom and I picked right up on it uh, over there. Anyway, well, again, I guess we're just about ready to wrap up here, and uh, we're very sorry that we couldn't reach Steve Alton tonight. We will try to reschedule him soon, and uh, I'm sure that there was a story worth hearing behind that. Uh, We do refer you to our website, BehindTheParanormal.com. And you can get well over 200 podcasts of past shows on this station and on CBS and on AchieveRadio.com on all sorts of different subjects and all sorts of different guests. Past guests, future guests are uh, also uh, reported on on our site along with talking points. So we want to thank our producer, Craig Pelletier, the Miracle Worker. And we'll see you next Monday. That will be January 24th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific, right here on WON 1240 a.m., com, and uh, Ben and I had planned on doing a show I guess this show <laughs> just like this answering uh, the increasing number of emails and talking about some we only of the got the music. three yeah well that's for, for us that's pretty good so if we can get uh, we'll, we can do that again uh, if we can reschedule Steve Alton for that time we will do so uh, but stay tuned on that and we'll we'll give you a good show try to give you a good show uh, next week anyway
1: alright so in the meantime you can tune in to our Sunday Evening CBS Radio broadcast And that is in Boston Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Seattle And online at www.newskyradio.com On January 23rd We'll have our uh, Controversial author and ancient Mysteries expert David Wilcock And remember, you can always get free podcasts of all our shows along with our show schedules and guest information at www.behindtheparanormal.com.
0: In the meantime, we leave you with a simple but bombshell quote from Albert Einstein, which we children of the so-called information age ought to think about very deeply. Quote, information is not knowledge, unquote.
1: And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we'll see you next time.